turns out I'm into it. Into it. Hey, hey, friends, it is Holly Rabbit here. Welcome back to another episode of Turns Out I'm Into It, the show all about helping you discover your kinky self and live your best sex life. Now, I've had quite a few DMs lately from people, um, from selves, actually, who are new to the, the kink space, and they're wanting advice on how to find good partners and how to generally stay safe in the community. So I thought I would do an episode about this because I think it's really, really important. Um, It's the same advice that I keep giving people and I thought I may as well make it into a podcast episode. So if you are a sub who's just gotten into kink, first of all, welcome. And also, well done. Um, I know it can be scary to go on this journey, but speaking from experience, kink can be so much fun and You are going to learn so much about yourself and have so many crazy experiences um, that you just can't have in vanilla life. So you've got that to look forward to. Um, With all of that said, I know it can be pretty overwhelming. (laughs) There's a lot to learn. It's kind of scary. And yeah, especially if you're trying to navigate this all on your own. So hopefully I can give you some pointers that are going to help you stay safe. Um, If you're a female sub and you're looking for a a male dom, you are in luck because there are lots of male doms out there, lots of wonderful, wonderful male doms out there who are really good humans and are going to take care of you and give you all sorts of fun experiences. Um, But there are also some shitbags (laughs) as well and there's there's guys that will want to take advantage of you, especially for the younger younger female subs, I think, um, really get, attract the attention of some shady characters. So I'm going to give you some tips today that are going to help you vet your partners and hopefully keep you safe. Um, the last thing I wanted to say in this introduction is if you are a male sub, um, and you're seeking a female partner or a dome, um, domes are in high demand. Because firstly, there are lots of male subs out there and there's not that many dominant women. So it might take you a little bit longer to find the right partner. Um, That said, I personally know quite a few domes and they are fucking amazing women and anyone would be so lucky to play with them. So, you know, there's, there's some great ones out there and it's worth putting in the effort to find a good one. Um, I, in this episode, am going to be mainly speaking from my personal experience, so I can't speak as a man, um, but I'll do my best to make this content relatable um, or as inclusive as possible. But bearing in mind, it will be geared toward um, female submissives and male doms mainly, just because that's what I know. (laughs) Okay, um, before we jump into that, a couple of announcements. First of all, If you are watching this on YouTube, hi, you can see my face. Um, If you're not watching this on YouTube and you're listening to the podcast, um, that is fantastic. Thank you for listening. And I'm, the podcast will always be the main platform for this content, but I'm trialing out some video stuff. So if you do want to see my face and you'd rather watch rather than listen, um, some of my videos, well, some of the episodes will have 
video uh, versions available, if that makes sense. Um, not all of them, particularly because a lot of guests that I have on the show, they want to protect their identity and their anonymity. Look at me go. I just said that word properly. <laughs> um, but I will, I'm, I'm going to try out trial doing some uh, solo episodes with just me um, and filming those as well. So yeah. Hi. <laughs> um, there was something else I was going to say before we jump in. Oh, Instagram. So I, as lots of you know, I've recently rejoined Instagram. Um, I, long story short, had an account like when I started the podcast and I got banned really quickly um, just because the content is very like sexually explicit, I guess. I mean, it was really difficult because I didn't know they're really unclear about their rules. So it's hard to stay within the rules. I don't know what I can and can't post. So I'm trying to be really um, careful with what I post on there and hopefully I can continue on Instagram because it's a great platform. I, I want to use it to show you guys more of me, like my behind the scenes and um, just bits of my vanilla life. Uh, and also I want to like try capturing some of the the key takeaways from these episodes and um, I'll post those onto Instagram as written written posts or stories or whatever. So a good place to review some of the, the highlights. Um, so I want to tell you guys a quick story before I jump into today's episode just about Instagram and my experience with Instagram this time around. Um, so I was a little bit nervous about creating an account for my Harley Rabbit stuff mainly because Instagram is such a vanilla space, right? So it's really unlikely for my vanilla life friends and family to come across this podcast, to come across um, my fet life or anything like that, a chatterbait or anything like that. Um, but it's more likely that they might find me on Instagram. I'll have a different name, but they, like, they don't know me as Harley Rabbit. Um, but they'll see my face and my pink hair, which is very noticeable. And they'll be like, hey, I know that girl. And then click onto this profile and be like, whoa, did not know this side of her. Um, so I had to really ask myself, am I comfortable with that if that happens? And the answer I think is yes. Um, I'm okay with people discovering this about me of their own accord, but it is a little bit nerve wracking, you know? Anyway, keep that in mind when you hear the rest of this story. So I, started up this new account. Um, I posted a couple of photos. There was a one of me in my skeleton onesie from Little for Big. I was shouting out Little for Big there that they're an age play um, age play store online store. If you're into age play, I highly recommend checking them out because they do amazing onesies and pacifiers and all sorts of things. Um, so I had that photo. I had a couple of rope photos. There was one of me in a corset with slated tighter chest harness. It's like a close up of my boobs. Um, there was one of him doing a mermaid tie on me on, at the beach. And there was one of my, just my boots in front of my cage in my bedroom. So it was like a nice selection of photos that kind of show what I am into, what I'm about, um, but Instagram safe. There's no no nudity, you know. Um, anyway, so I posted those, started the new Instagram account. I'm like, good job, Harley, job done. 
I can stop thinking about it now. So I did. Anyway, about an hour later, I'm on the couch and I pick up my phone and decide to scroll Facebook. And I open Facebook and the first thing I see is a photo of me in a skeleton onesie shouting out the Age Play Store, Little for Big. And underneath it is a comment from my mum saying, looks gorgeous, darling. (laughs) And I'm like, oh my God, this isn't supposed to happen. So just for context here, my Facebook is like my personal vanilla life Facebook, right? With all my vanilla friends on there. This is not my Harley Rabbit stuff. How the fuck did this photo get posted to my Facebook without my consent? Freaked me out. Um, yeah, I had like a minor meltdown for about 10 minutes. <laughs> I was frantically looking through my feed like, what else has been posted? Oh my God, how did this happen? Thankfully, it was just the one photo. And honestly, out of all of them, that was probably the least, um, I want to say incriminating, but that's not the right word. It was the least uh, revealing about, like, I'm in a, in a onesie, um, but it's not like a, a little girl onesie. It's a skeleton. Um, it is effectively underwear, but, um, and I was shouting out Little for Big, <laughs> which is an age place stop, shop. Um, so that was a little bit a lot for me, but most people wouldn't know what what um, Little for Big is on there unless they look into it. And anything, anyway, nothing like really came of that other than a few of my vanilla friends liked the photo and my mum gave me a lovely comment because she's awesome. <laughs> um, and I think what had happened was basically I must have I didn't realize these accounts were linked, but they must be. I must have used the same email address Um, because my Harley Rabbit one got banned. That's what happened. So I used my vanilla email address to set up this account. Anyway, I I think what happened is when you go to post a photo to Instagram, there's like a a little toggle button that says post to Facebook. And I must have bumped it on that photo. That's the only explanation I can think of. So lesson learned. Um, my takeaway from that experience was really understanding how important it is for you to have control over what people know about you, especially when it comes to kink. I really feel for people who get outed, uh, without their consent, because this really should be your choice. I mean, I'm someone who's pretty confident with it. I'm pretty okay with people knowing I'm not super out and proud yet, um, getting close. But even for me, this was really scary. Just for those 10 minutes while I was like, oh my God, how did this happen? How much has been posted? Like I felt sick. So yeah, it was just a reminder of how important it is that we control what people know about us, right? Kink is very personal. Anyway, that's my funny story. If you would like to follow me on Instagram, you can do that. I am at underscore, wait, sorry, at Harley underscore rabbit. I think I got it wrong last time. Um, it's got an underscore in between Harley and rabbit. Anyway, it, you'll, it'll come up if you write Harley rabbit anyway, and you'll recognize my pink hair in the, in the, uh, photo display picture. Okay. Enough of that. Let's jump into today's episode. 
when I have been contacted by subs asking for advice, the first thing that comes to mind every time is this. Just because you're a sub, it does not mean that you need to submit to everybody who asks for it. Okay? Just because you're a sub, you don't doesn't mean you owe that submission to anyone. Your submission is something that is earned through trust. This is very important to remember because there's a lot of people out there, um, especially doms who are new to kink and they don't really understand how it works and they just think they can go on FetLife and they can find someone, you know, a nice young pretty girl who calls herself a sub and just because she's a sub, she's going to serve him and do whatever he wants. Now that is a very um, common misconception in this space, unfortunately. So what really happens is you you have this submissive side to you, but you're also a human being, okay? You're a complete human being. And you need, when you're, when you're um, meeting with prospective play partners, they need to see you as a human being, first and foremost. Um, they should be getting to know you and you should be getting to know them, just as you would in any other dating situation, right? You get to know each other, you have a lot of conversations around what you want, what you don't want, what your boundaries are, what your life looks like if you've got other commitments, like kids or other partners. Um, All of this stuff is talked about and negotiated in a very different headspace to subspace, all right? Once you've established that trust with someone and you feel like they respect you, you have that mutual respect for each other, that's when you can start to let them um, let them see your submissive side and you can start to play together in that space. And any good dom will know this as well. They're not going to expect you to show up and call them sir straight away. And, in fact, this is a really good way to vet people who are not necessarily bad people but who are just inexperienced, if they are demanding that you call them sir or master and you've just met, they have a lot to learn. That's not how it works. So your submission is earned, okay? Rule number one. Rule number two is, and you will have probably heard this if you've spent any time in the kink space, it is that the sub is always in control. Now, this is important to know because... On the surface, of course, it looks very different. It looks like the complete opposite, in fact. The sub is usually the one that's either tied up or getting whipped or being spoken down to, and it looks like the dom is in control, right? But that is not actually the case. Um, I don't love this expression because, to me, it everyone in the scene is in control. We're all in control of what we want to do, whether you're a sub, whether you're a dom or a switch or whatever you are. Everyone needs to be consenting to what's going on. Um, And it is really important for for doms, and I'm I'm going to do a follow-up episode for you guys in a couple of weeks, but I'll just say this now. Doms have limits too, and it's okay for you to have those limits and boundaries. In fact, it's safe if you have 
if you know your limits. Um, but anyway, going back to the topic at hand, this idea of the sub being in control is really reflecting the fact that because the sub is in such a vulnerable position, not only physically, like often they're um, bound or they're physically, um, like if you have a, a female and a male dom, female sub and a male dom, often the female is not as physically strong, um, but also mentally. Like subspace is such a vulnerable space to be in. And that's why I say you need to earn that trust, right? Um, don't just give that to anyone. So the point here is saying that because the sub is in such a vulnerable position, it is very important that they are, that their boundaries are respected and they're in control of the scene. Okay. So you'll usually negotiate the scene beforehand, what you, what you want, what you want to do, what you don't want to do, what your yeah hard and soft limits are and what your desires are, what's fun for you. Um, and those things are decided beforehand and respected throughout the scene. So a, a good dom and all the doms listening right now, you want to be a good dom, right? A good dom will always respect the boundaries of his sub or her, her sub um, or their sub. You will never pressure your sub into doing something they don't want to do. It's really important because it's an absolute honour to be in that position of power for another human being. So I'll give you a little bit of an example. Um, hopefully I can say this on YouTube. <laughs> I'll cut it out if I'm worried about it. But an example is say you have negotiated a scene with a new partner and maybe the sub wants to do something where, well, you both want to do something with a bit of bondage. Sub wants to be tied up, but maybe flogged a bit maybe called some names, maybe like, oh, yeah, I really want you to call me a, a whore. Maybe maybe I want you to write slut across my chest, a bit of degradation play. That sounds really fun. So that's, you know, desires, enthusiastic consent, right? Yes, I fucking want to do this. Fuck yes. Um, and maybe you've established some boundaries as well. You should establish some boundaries. But maybe one of those boundaries is um, I'm up for penetration, but no anal penetration. Okay, clear boundary. Then cuts to playtime. You're in the moment. Everything's hot and fucking kinky and sexy and really turned on and really exciting. And the Dom gets a bit carried away and he really wants to put it in your butt. So he starts to, you know, move around in that, in that area. And the sub might be thinking, oh, I, I, is he gonna, I don't, I don't want him to do that. I, I thought I said I didn't want that. Oh no, like, but we're having so much fun. This is really hot. And he's the, he's the dom, he's the one in control. Like maybe I should just let him do that, but I don't really want him to do that. And I thought I was clear about that. And I, but I don't want to use a safe word because then I might wreck everything and then I'll be a bad sub and uh, no, <laughs> okay. It is like, I'm laughing because this is, something that I've been through. It sucks to have to um, stop a scene and, and um, especially if you have to reiterate a boundary that you already talked about. 
But in that situation, that dom, if you've already expressed that I don't want you to put anything in my butt and they're violating that, that's not okay. And you need to pull them up on that, okay? That's really disrespectful and actually dangerous. Like people have boundaries for a reason. Um, but even if it's not something that you discussed earlier, maybe you didn't even think of that and the scene has escalated and now you're like, actually, I don't want to do this. So that doesn't feel good. It is always okay to use your safe words. All right. Safe words. Something Slade and I worked out early on is that at the, at the, in the beginning, when someone calls a safe word, it can feel like a failure. It's like, oh, fuck. Safe words being called. It's all over. We've done it wrong. We've upset someone or hurt, you know, that's not, not the case. Um, a safe word is just a, a way of communicating during a scene that doesn't distract from the scene or the dynamic that's going on. So when I call a yellow, it's like, oh, yellow for a sec. It's like a pause button. <laughs> and I can say, hey, Slade, um, actually, you're putting too much pressure on my neck right now and I'm feeling a bit unsafe. Can you ease up? or whatever it is. Now, that's just an example. And he'll be like, oh, sure, no worries, baby. And then, great, green, resume, let's go. <laughs> that That's just a normal part of negotiate, like not negotiating. It's just a normal part of a BDSM scene. Like sometimes you need to make adjustments and that's okay. So don't be afraid to use your safe words. Um, yeah, I think that was everything I wanted to say on that point. Hey guys, it is Editor Harley here, just interrupting this episode to play you a quick preview of one of my audio stories, Tied and Taken, and then we'll get right back to today's episode. He stands close behind you now. You lean in against his chest, and you feel his warm breath on your neck. He kisses you softly, then takes the rope and wraps the first loop over your dress. It sits around your middle, just below your breasts. He tightens the loop around you, and you feel its strong grip. He passes a second loop, this time over the top of your breasts. The tension of the ropes pull into your body, accentuating your chest into a flattering shape. Still standing close behind you, his body feels warm in the cool sea air. You take a deep breath now. As your chest expands, you can listen to the rest of this audio story, Tied and Taken, for free. Just visit my website, harleyrabbit.com, and see where the rabbit hole takes you. All right, so those are the two big golden rules that are usually the first things that I, that's the first advice that I would give to people. Um, the next thing I want you to have a think about is what kind of sub do you think you are? Because the term submissive is really this umbrella term for a whole huge range of different dynamics and different types of play. And you're not going to be into all of them. We well, might be, but most people aren't into all of them. We usually have certain things that we really like and other things that we're like, eh, not so much for me. So um, maybe you know what kind of sub you are or maybe you're wanting to experiment with a few and see how they go. I don't know. 
Um, but I'll give you some examples. And this list is definitely not comprehensive. Comprehensive, is that the right word? It's only a few examples. There's infinite, <laughs> infinite possibilities in kink. Um, it is one very deep rabbit hole and I'm not going to pretend that I can speak to all of it. But here are some common examples that um, most people might start with if you're new to kink. So the first one is slave, a slave or a service, service sub. Um, so slaves typically like to be um, perform duties for their master. They might be, that might involve doing chores around the house. It might involve acts of sexual service. It might involve standing facing the wall until their master decides they want to use them. Um, it might involve being furniture for their for their master. Maybe they their master wants to wants them to kneel in front of them so they can put their leg legs up and rest their feet while they watch TV. Um, those are some examples of what a slave or service sub might enjoy. Um, there's brats. So a brat likes to push back. So they like to get orders from their from their daddy or their master, um, but they don't necessarily behave. So maybe their daddy tells them to go to bed and they're like, no, I'm not doing that. You go to bed. <laughs> what are you going to do about it? Make me. <laughs> so that's a bratty sub. And usually brats like um, that pushback dynamic. They like feeling cheeky and they usually like punishments or punishments as sometimes we call them. Then there's the captive or victim, which is my personal favourite. Uh, and that usually involves a role play scenario where you're pretending like you're, you've been taken prisoner or you're being held against your will or being forced to do things against your will. And that can be really fun. There's lots of, lots of episodes about that kind of play on this channel, um, on this podcast. Then there is the free use sub. Um, I did a episode on free use a little while ago. It's called The Many Faces of Free Use. I'll put it in the show notes uh, if you're interested in that because it's a really popular one. Um, just because there's so many different ways you can enjoy free use. As I said, see, it's a deep rabbit hole. There's <laughs> so, many, so many variations. Um, but a common free use dynamic would be a person gives their partner consent to use their body at any time of day, any place, um, basically whenever they want. So for example, maybe when they're asleep, if their partner's a bit horny in the middle of the night, they have consent to fuck their partner in their sleep. Um, or maybe you're visiting your in-laws and your partner's like, meets you in the hallway on, on the way to the loo and says, hey, you want to get in the spare room and get on your knees and have a quickie? Um, that's an example of free use. It can be very, feel very naughty and very fun. Um, there's also little space. So that's an age play kink. Um, is a little a sub? I think so. Because you are submitting your, submitting to a partner, to your daddy. He's taking care of you. Yeah. Anyway, I'm not 
by any means the authority on kink classification here. This is just my interpretation. But I'm just trying to give you a bit of an idea of the versatility in like what a submissive means. It can mean so many things. Um, so little space is where you, you might revert um, or regress in age and, and um, or pretend to be much younger than you are or even older than you are. Um, that wouldn't be little space, but that's a different form of age play. Anyway, <laughs> that's a, it's a whole other thing. With littles, they are usually pretending to be much younger than they are and they have a daddy who takes care of them and, um, you know, might help them colour in or watch kids' movies together or whatever it is. Uh, and then, so these are just some forms of submission, uh, like some kinks that fall under the banner of being a sub. But then we have things like being a rope bunny or being a masochist. And these things aren't necessarily, like you can be a rope bunny and not be a sub, and you can be a, a masochist and not be a sub. Um, but subs often enjoy those activities. So I'm, I'm a sub and I love being tied up. I love impact play and pain play. Um, but I also know people who uh, enjoy uh, impact play, for example, but they don't identify as subs. So they, they ain't submitting to no one, right? Um, and those people tend to prefer to be called bottoms. So a little bit of a, a difference there. Anyway, the point I'm trying to make here is that just because you're a sub, it doesn't mean you necessarily like all of these things, right? So as I mentioned, for me, I really, really strongly identify with the captive victim type sub. Love that. <laughs> um, I'm also a bunny, a rope bunny. Love being tied up. As I said, love pain play and impact play. Um, I have a little side, so I do enjoy being little Harley and being taken care of by my daddy. Um, those are some things that I enjoy. But I am, for example, a terrible brat. <laughs> I tried. I really tried to be a brat because <laughs> I like being punished. But I'm such a people pleaser that if, if someone tells me to do something, I'm like, okay, <laughs> and then I go do it. <laughs> so not a brat, apparently. So if there's a dom and he wants that kind of dynamic, I probably wouldn't be the right match for him. Um, similarly, the I enjoy the slave stuff. I enjoy sexual slavery. That's really fun. But not so much the domestic chores side of things. Like, do the dishes yourself. <laughs> I'm not doing them. <laughs> um, maybe that's how I channel my inner brat is uh, if if my master tells me to do chores, then they, they might get a bit of pushback from that. <laughs> um, anyway, there are lots of different types of subs. So have a think. What Do any of those sound really fun for you? Uh, if you're new to this space, maybe I've just given you some ideas that you didn't know existed. Maybe you're curious to try some of this stuff. Um, maybe there's things I said that really aren't for you. Uh, everyone is unique and we'll all be our own combination of these things and other things. As I said, 
the list is kind of endless. Uh, the only thing I wanted to add to that point was when you're looking for partners, you want to find a dom who or dom who matches those, like you have similar desires. So if you're a little and you want to do some little stuff, you want to find a partner that's comfortable being a daddy or a mummy and maybe is quite a nurturing dom or likes to take care of their self. Um, maybe you're really into the slave stuff and you want to be um, degraded and told what to do. So you want uh, a master who's going to be up for giving those um, commands, you know. Not not all doms want to punish subs. Not all doms want to call the shots all the time. Maybe they just want to lay back and be pleasured, you know. So have a talk with your any potential play partners about what, like just because you're a sub and they're a dom or domain does not mean you're necessarily well-matched is what I'm trying to say here. So have a talk about what your desires are and see if you will complement each other. The last point that I'm going to add before I finish up this episode is just a reminder that you do not need to be submissive all the time. All right. Just because you're a submissive doesn't mean you're 24 seven submissive. Some people are, and that is amazing. Um, if they want that lifestyle and that works for them, fucking incredible. Um, but for most of us, and especially if you're new in kink, it is not a 24 seven arrangement. Okay. Um, even with that same partner. Now, what's interesting about submissives is a lot of us are high achievers, quite driven, maybe quite successful, maybe we're um, in charge of a lot of people in our day jobs. A lot of subs are like this and the reason they are drawn to this submissive dynamic is because it's a way to escape some of that responsibility for a while. So if you've got a really high pressure, pressure job where you're the boss of a lot of people and you're managing a lot of people, um, Sometimes you need to switch off and being a submissive is a really beautiful way to do that. Okay. Speaking from me, um, I'm not in charge of a bunch of people, but I am very much someone who likes to be very organized and in control of everything. Um, I have to make sure I don't micromanage Slade sometimes, <laughs> but yeah, I, that's just who I am. And I'm a high achiever. I've, I've always got big goals and I'm doing hard, scary stuff all the time. So for me, getting to switch off in the bedroom and just have someone else be in charge is like, oh, so good. Um, and I just want to make this point really clear. There's a lot of men out there. It, it's very common for men to be submissive, um, but a lot of them won't admit it or they don't come out because they feel like it makes them weak as men, but this is not true. Okay. As I just said, a lot of submissives are very successful driven people. So just because you like to be submissive in the bedroom does not mean that you're like that in your vanilla life. In fact, it's quite often the opposite, not always, but often. Okay. All right. I think I might leave it there. 
Uh, there was a lot of information in that episode and hopefully it was helpful. If you're a sub and you're new to this space, I hope you've learned something. Um, also, if you're not new to this space, it's really good to have this stuff, to be reminded of this stuff. It's easy to forget. Um, and if you're a dom and you're listening, it's good for you to know this This for any potential subs that might come under your care. Um, this is really good information that you can pass on to them as well. All right. Thank you so much for listening. And if you're watching, that is new and exciting. <laughs> um, so I hope you've enjoyed watching me. Um, I will put the YouTube links in the show notes for the podcast if you'd like to check out the video later. And uh, yeah, till next time, play safe, have fun, and I will catch you soon. Bye. Turns out I'm into it. Into it. Into it. Thanks for listening to Turns Out I'm Into It. If you've enjoyed this episode, please remember to hit subscribe and leave a rating and review. This will help other people just like you to find this podcast. If you have any comments or questions, you can reach out to me on FetLife or through the Harley Rabbit website. My name on Fet is Harley Rabbit, or one word, or you can message me direct through the website. Go to harleyrabbit.com forward slash podcast. I hope you've enjoyed listening to the show. I will be back soon with another episode exploring the wonderful world of kink. Bye.